Oh, come on in. I'm Reverend Billy. This is Extinction Talk Radio in New York City. I'm feeling like we should be... We should be broadcasting. This station should be right now inside of an old funky bus and going up the highway towards Montreal, trying to get out of this town. We'll be flooded up to the third story, the fourth story, really soon. And people will be hunting each other down, eating each other, fast food cannibalism. In this talk show, Extinction Talk Radio, what do we talk about? We talk about life and death. We talk about what's really happening. The extinction is real, extinction is here, it's underway, and it is accelerating. And the people in our country don't want to talk about it. Is it because it can't be monetized? Extinction is not a good American product. Today we're going to admit extinction is here, and we're going to sing about it, and laugh about it. And will you do that with us? That, that takes a kind of faith, too. That doesn't mean we're not serious. My co-hosts will be Teddy Tam Tam, Savitri D, and D Nice. Let's get some faith going here now. Let's 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 work it. Come on now, everybody. Earth Alleluia. Earth Alleluia. We have a call-in. Yes, yes. Hello. We have a call-in. Hello. What's your name? Uh, this is Paul Greenberg, Reverend Billy. Paul Greenberg from the New York Times? <laughs> well, I don't work for the New York Times, but I write sometimes for the New York Times. All the saints in our church are modest. They may... <laughs> I'm not <laughs> no, that... No, 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 no. It's important. I'm not staff. I'm a freelancer, but I'm known more as an author of books, in particular, The Climate Diet. You know, I just have to say... You got to plugging your new book within 30 seconds. I want to. I want to <laughs> congratulate you. I, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a professional, but don't go shopping for it. Just, just, just let it, you know, fly and land on your desk. Just stop shopping, but, but climate diet. You need it. You need climate diet to be able to stop shopping. Am I right? Explain what I just said, please, Paul. Step two. Well, I mean, you know, I think the the biggest problem we as humans and we as American humans have. Um, is that every time we acquire new things, we burn more fuel and we put more carbon in the atmosphere. And uh, I guess, you know, we have to buy some things to live, um, but we're, you know, way above our carbon budget as a, as a country. I think, you know, we as a nation are um, responsible for 16 tons per capita of CO2 emissions. That's compared to France, where it's less than five. Uh, compared to India, where it's less than two. Is that and, 16 uh, tons per person per year? 
Correct. 15 wow. tons per person per year or 16 tons. It depends, depends on the year. Wow. Um, but wow. yeah, you know, France down around five, India down around two. UN says we need to have a per capita of around three. So we are carbon obese as a nation. And one of the reasons we are carbon obese is because of our shopping addiction, as you so rightly and consistently point out. And a big part of that shopping uh, addiction is uh, food that has an intense carbon footprint. That, that's right, yeah. I mean, if you look, it's pretty interesting. You know, um, I mean, I personally am vegan and a little bit of um, fish here and there. Um, and mostly I'm that way because of carbon, um, carbon emissions. Um, when you look at beef, for example, and everyone talks about beef as being the biggest carbon uh, emissions problem in our diet. It is, it's something like 27 kilos of CO2 emissions per kilo of edible food that you get out of cattle. Um, lamb is actually even worse. It's up, up around 35. Um, I love lamb. Sorry, man. Sorry, man. Lamb is super high. But, you know, what is interesting to note is that um, chicken is actually, compared to other terrestrial meats, um, is down around 6. So, you know, if you switch from beef to chicken, you'd already be cutting your um, protein carbon emissions by about 75 percent. No, I'm um, just down. I'm down to fish. That's it for me, Paul. I'm down to fish. It. Yeah, well, fish fish actually is not a bad um, carbon choice. I mean, it depends on how the fish was caught. Mm -hmm. um, but you're looking at right now, um, you know, it's, it's hard, these life cycle analyses are hard to do. Um, but um, an average of wild fish um, that a one source I consulted uh, put it about 1.6 kilos of carbon emissions. Yeah, so, you know, like, again, uh, another 75% lower than chicken. Um, you know, and then if you really want to go low um, and still eat um, animals and not only plants, um, mussels are actually, uh, by some estimates, around 0.6. So have yourself a mussel po' boy next time that's even possible. <laughs> hey, Paul, um, because we've now used the word obese twice in a five-minute yeah. cycle here, which... I guess it's America, upsetting. It's, yeah. It is upsetting uh, and extraordinary, but understandable. Uh, don't you think that part of the problem, well, this adds to the problem, is that we have a cheap food policy here in America? Oh, sure. I mean, you know, you look at um, the degree to which we subsidize. Um, I think that something like $30 billion in subsidies a year go into maintaining the corn crop in this country, which, as we all know, is fed to cattle and to, um, to pigs and chickens. Um, and when you look at the, all the money that, you know, we put into all of our fisheries management, it's just under a billion. So 40 billion for just corn and 1 billion for every single fish in the sea that we're responsible for managing. So um, it's a really tilted scale. And the, the corn and the soy um, lobby is very, very strong. <coughs> and the way that it gets root rooted over um, you know, the way we subsidize that ultimately um, allows us to do this very wasteful thing of feeding grain and soybeans, which are an excellent source of protein that we could eat directly, but instead we feed it to cattle. Um, that's what is really the, the, the toxic combo um, that causes um, our, our food to be both cheap but also harmful to the environment. So the food, the food cheap policy is distorting, uh, distorting our values. Well, I've, I've been offered, I've gotten a call from um, a commodities broker from Wall Street, and um, they, they want to buy the futures of 
Extinction Talk Radio. They, they want to take over this. They see that this is the media of the future, that extinction is something that everybody will go to as, as you know, everybody will be talking about it. There'll be 15 Oprah shows about the extinction when the fire and flood becomes so general that, so you can see, they want to get, they want to bet, uh, they want to use the end of the world as, as another betting market. And uh, mm. they, uh, they see uh, Extinction Talk Radio as a, as a and Teddy, I, Denise, yes, yes, I think yes, this is a good yes. way to make a living. Uh, yes. uh, because we're not making a living now. And uh, we want to make a living somehow. And uh, we should become a... Um, so you know, when shorting uh, the planet. So we, when, when, when they want. <laughs> did you just say shorting the planet? I mean, I mean, we've yeah. been talking. What did you say? I'm shorting, the planet. Planet. shorting the planet. Yeah. Oh, I'm so a, shocked yeah. by what you're saying that I'm like coming out of this, this paralyzed hypnotic monologue of I mine. What he's, God. what he's getting at. I was going to sell is, us out. I was going to sell <laughs> us out. Well, I think what he's getting at is don't sell the program, sell the futures on the program. There you go. <laughs> That's it. I'd just like to say that Denise is the only person here who is a business person. And you just <laughs> don't, showed don't, that. Don't give me the role of your fiduciary because I don't want to go to jail. See? She, <laughs> she can pronounce the word fiduciary. What does that say? Cops and bankers love their children. We gotta love them too. We gotta love them too. Cops and bankers love their mothers, love their lovers, love their brothers. We gotta love them too. You're listening to Extinction Talk Radio, the call to collective action in defense of planet Earth. This is not a drill. Please stand by. We just uh, played a song about forgiving cops and forgiving bankers. Forgiving, forgiving uh, two of the most maligned uh, career directions that we have in our society right now. And uh, one of the, the only banker that everybody knows is Jamie Dimon. He's the rock star. And uh, full disclosure, Paul and I are old friends. We grew up together in New Jersey. And uh, <laughs> we, we uh, were writing a, a, an op-ed for a famous newspaper uh, encouraging Jamie Dimon to retire because we think that his legacy is intact as a totally evil person who's the top fossil fuel uh, credit giver uh, to corn, soy, and tar sands, and everything else. Uh, all the fossil projects seem to have chase in the mix. And, uh, and then we're going to like turn it around at the end of the op-ed, and we're going to say, oh, oh, no, don't retire. Stay there. You're the best, most famous banker. You caused the 2008 recession, and somehow you're the only banker that survived it, and you gobbled up all these other bankers who thought they were following your lead. No, no, no. You're that good. You're the Jimi Hendrix of bankers. Stay there for another five years and teach everybody what green banking might look like. You can do it. Well, I mean, I think, I think the idea came out of the idea, you know, this year, Jamie Dimon turned 65, or just turned recently, and um, I think the idea is that you know, um, when you reach retirement age, you reach 65, you have two choices. You can either retire yourself or you can retire your ideas. And um, I think, to me, you know, Jamie Dimon has that choice right now, right? Like, I think there's a lot of times, we, you know, we poo-poo the idea that, you know, individual action can only do so much for climate change. But um, Jamie Dimon happens to be one individual whose individual action... Exactly. <laughs> Could make a big difference. Things go. I mean, if, you know, it's, it's funny. I think, 
you know, we were discussing also about these sort of baby steps that Chase has taken over the last couple of years in, a, you know, in, in direct response to some of the work of Bill McKibben, Jane Fonda, and you, Billy, to try and, you know, at least throw up a, you know, some degree of, you know, of, of, of response to the way that they've been investing in fossil fuels. And, you know, I think at this point, we're in such a pickle as a planet. I mean, pickle diminishes the severity of it. Um, we're in such a, a crisis that, you know, I think nothing short of divesting at this point could, I think, really, if, if, if Jamie Dimon were the kind of person who, who didn't sleep well at night because of these things, I think divesting might be the only thing that he could do, you know, as a, you know, going back to your preaching thing, right? Like, you know, don't they say in, in uh, evangelical stuff that you can be a sinner your whole life, but at the last moment, if you redemption. renounce and, yeah, on, I mean, on my deathbed, I saw the light. At the top of the hour, this is Extinction Talk Radio, an urgent production of the Church of Stop Shopping. Please stand by. cultural moment you remember when um razors first went to two blades uh-huh. and then Saturday Night live made it made a fun of it and they said and they had a fake commercial for a company that's going to have three blades you know right. for razors it's going to have three blades and then um the onion did a um a, a column said said gillette said fuck it we're doing five and it was a joke but actually, now I recently went to buy a razor, and it had five blades. Five blades. Five blades. <laughs> right, right, right. And, yeah. and the funny thing about those commercials is, I remember watching the the two, you know, blades, and it was Gillette, and it was a big thing. But if you see the 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 man, he looks the same, clean shave, like like the one shave, the two <laughs> right. shave does the same thing as the five <laughs> shave. He's just yeah. still the same, yeah. clean, you know. It looks the same on both sides yeah. of his yeah. face. Yeah, shiny yeah. guy looking at himself in the mirror. That's right. Paul, what you're, t- what you're describing is spoofing. When you put a story <laughs> out there and it's, for all intents and purposes, it's fake. But then all we need is one little push from, from mega advertising and we have a new That's market. Right. It's like the a Dodge Club. Opens up. Paul, thank you for being That's with right. us today. Uh, your five minutes My are pleasure. up. I, I know that as a friend that you, you, you told me to get you off here after five minutes, and so, and uh, listen, you're, uh, it's such a delight that you're here, and, and your comments helped us so much in so many directions. Um, we would like to turn the entire show over to you, and uh, we'd like to give you the microphone and everything. Well, we'll just, right, right, right. Well, we're going to bring it right over, we're going to bring it over to your apartment and just leave it in the hallway. And, oh, okay. and you can just <laughs> extinction talk well, radio with Paul Greenberg. Billy, I don't have your st- I don't have your stamina stamina. So keep keep, keep on preaching and keep you're eventually going to win over the world. I got lots of stamina. Well, you just keep <laughs> eating that vegetarian diet, and you'll have all the stamina you need. That's oh, right. That's right. listen, thank you so much, Paul. All have, right, have a great have a great week. We'll see each other soon. Yes, yeah, sounds great. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye now. Amen. We're going to go straight to the Stop Shopping Choir, the great outdoors. And to our children's children, why and what for? 
inside about that thing called life. You wanted more gas, more guns, more sacrifice. Will a child from the future knock on your door? And will she say, I'm a dead kid from 2044? Yeah. You don't seem to want your future anymore. But the future wants more life, not war. I am DX in extinction. You fools, your children's children from 2044. And I am looking for a vacation in the great outdoors. Extinction takes a vacation. I walk in your to news from the natural world, I'm Savitri D. There were 55 million internally displaced people across the world at the end of 2020, 48 million as a result of conflict and violence, and 7 million as a result of disasters. This figure is the highest ever recorded and includes 59 countries. More than 23 million people under the age of 18 were internally displaced worldwide with significant impacts on their education. The global cost of one year of displacement was $20.5 billion. The figure includes the cost of providing people displaced with support for their housing, education, health and security, and accounts for their loss of income. 
Most of the disaster displacement recorded globally in 2020 took place in the East Asia and Pacific region. Typhoons, floods, earthquakes, and volcanic eruptions triggered 12.1 million new displacements. Powerful storms and flooding fueled by climatic variations such as La Nina triggered 94% of them. Devastating wildfires triggered mass displacement in the United States. Unprecedented displacement took place in Guatemala, Honduras, and Nicaragua, which were badly affected by the most active Atlantic hurricane season on record. People in Africa who become critically ill from COVID-19 are more likely to die than patients in other parts of the world. A report published in The Lancet was based on data from 64 hospitals in 10 countries. It is the first broad look at what happens to critically ill COVID patients in Africa. The increased risk of death applies only to those who become severely ill, not to everyone who catches the disease. Overall, the rates of illness and death from COVID in Africa appear lower than in the rest of the world. But if the virus begins to spread more rapidly in Africa, as it has in other regions, these findings suggest that the death toll could worsen. Deadly banned pesticides are making their way across the Mexican border into California, headed to large marijuana growing operations on federal lands. It's been an ongoing problem, and the number of arrests has been rising steadily, according to Melanie Pearson, assistant U.S. attorney in the Southern California District. Her office has filed 49 cases involving pesticide smugglers since September of 2019. She also has a long history of prosecuting environmental and wildlife cases. Pearson said 40% of all EPA criminal prosecutions in the U.S. in 2020 involved pesticide cases. She adds that these banned pesticides are designed to kill. Pesticide residues in cannabis that has been dried and is inhaled have a direct pathway into the human bloodstream. In addition to the toxicity of pesticides, they can penetrate the ground and pollute groundwater and have done so across wide swaths of federal lands in California. Profit margin in smuggling pesticides into the U.S. can approach that of drugs. Quoting from a 2020 report from trade groups, the profits from illegal pesticides have become a highly lucrative activity for organized criminal operations. A new study shows that official records underreported COVID-19 deaths among indigenous people in Brazil by half, and also substantially underreported total numbers of infections. Official records only consider indigenous people living within officially recognized indigenous territories, effectively effacing the 36% of Brazil's indigenous who live in urban areas. The study's authors say that by failing to acknowledge the full extent of the impact of COVID-19 on indigenous populations, the government can't allocate adequate funding and other resources to address it. To date, COVID-19 has killed more than 1,000 indigenous people across Brazil, many of them elders, with more than 52,000 confirmed infections across people from 163 ethnic groups. Japanese researchers have shown that both mice and pigs are capable of oxygenating their blood via the colon, a capacity that, if shared by humans, could be leveraged in the clinic to minimize the need for mechanical ventilation. The researchers demonstrated that the delivery of oxygen gas or oxygenated liquid through the rectum provided vital rescue to two mammalian models of respiratory failure. In the seven years since governments and corporations promised to stop deforestation, the clear-cutting of critically important tropical forests has instead increased by more than 50%, with commercial agriculture driving most of the increase. The cicadas of Brood X are expected to emerge across the eastern United States in the coming weeks, as they have every 17 years for millenniums. 
Researchers and other devotees fear that some part of the country, including all of Long Island, may have lost their local outposts of this famous cohort of insects. Humans know and have named periodical cicadas for their clockwork-like timing. But our species' activities have been messing with that regularity by trapping the insects underground, taking away their food, and throwing off their schedules. Development, pesticide use, and the presence of invasive species are destroying historic populations of Brudex cicadas. While climate change spurs bugs from different broods to come up years early, the disruption of these cycles means some places that were expecting cicadas this year will miss out, while others may be surprised by an unscheduled emergence. The Environmental Protection Agency has argued that Roundup should remain on U.S. shelves for an undisclosed period of time, even after admitting that their own Trump-era review of glyphosate, the key ingredient found in Roundup, the world's most widely used herbicide, was flawed and requires a do-over. In its federal court filing requesting to redo the Trump administration's faulty assessment of glyphosate, the EPA failed to provide a deadline for a new decision. Instead, the agency maintained that Roundup, created by the agrochemical giant Monsanto, should stay on the mark in the meantime. Glyphosate is a known carcinogen and poses threats to human health and to pollinators such as bumblebees and monarch butterflies. In a historic move, Chile's legislature has passed a plastic regulation law that advocates say will reduce the country's plastic waste by more than 23,000 tons every year. The new law will target single-use plastics in the food industry and introduce a certification for compostable plastics, among other things. The approval of this project, supported across the board by parliamentarians and civil society, is a milestone in the care and protection of Chile's environment. An area greater than the landmass of Russia has been added to the world's network of national parks and conservation areas since 2010, amid growing pressure to protect nature. As of today, about 17% of land and inland water ecosystems and 8% of marine areas are within formal protected areas, with the total coverage increasing by 42% since the beginning of the last decade, according to the Protected Planet Report by the UN Environment Program and the International Union for Conservation of Nature. The Protected Planet Report is the final report card on ACHE Target 11, the global 10-year target on protected and conserved areas. The 17% ambition was just one of seven parts of ACHE Target 11. Governments have not fully met any of the biodiversity targets agreed in Japan in 2010. Swifts are among the fastest migrating small birds around. When they aren't breeding, common swifts stay in the air most of the time, up to 10 months of the year. Scientists had thought they travel about 500 kilometers per day on average, but according to new tracking data, common swifts travel 570 kilometers on an average day, and they are capable of going much farther and faster. The maximum recorded distance in the study was more than 830 kilometers per day over nine days. A huge ice block has broken off from western Antarctica into the Weddell Sea, becoming the largest iceberg in the world and earning the name A76. It is the latest in a series of large ice blocks to dislodge in a region acutely vulnerable to climate change, although scientists said in this case it appears to be part of a natural polar cycle. Slightly larger than the Spanish island of Mallorca, A76 has been monitored by scientists since May 13th when it began to separate from the Rani Ice Shelf. The iceberg, measuring around 170 kilometers long and 25 kilometers wide, with an area of 4,320 square kilometers, is now floating in the Weddell Sea. And now the sounds of extinction. Pangolins, sometimes known as scaly anteaters, are mammals of the order Folidota. 
There are eight subspecies, four in Africa and four in Asia. Pangolins are covered in keratin scales and curl up into a protective ball when threatened. They are insectivorous. Most of their diet consists of various species of ants and termites. Pangolins have very poor vision. They also lack teeth. They rely heavily on smell and hearing. Pangolins can consume up to 20,000 ants and termites a day, more than 70 million in a year. Using their long, sticky tongues, which are often longer than their body when fully extended. Pangolins are an important regulator of termite populations in their natural habitats. They are solitary and meet only to mate. Males are larger than females. Pangolins are extremely vulnerable to stress, making them very difficult to keep in captivity. Most die within six months of capture. Pangolins produce only one offspring per year, making it all the more difficult for the species to recover from poaching pressure. Pangolins are threatened by poaching, for their meat and scales, which are used in traditional Chinese medicine, and heavy deforestation of their natural habitats. They are the most trafficked mammals in the world.